atmosphere to work in. It's just a real privilege to be here. You may have, could have camp meeting without me, but I don't intend to find out. Right. I was thinking this morning early of the Apostle Peter when he went up on that mountain with Jesus and the transfiguration took place. We're not here this morning preaching anything else but Jesus. We don't even mean to intimate that there's some other way. There is no other name given whereby man can be saved except through the name of Jesus. And God showed them disciples on that hill that day just what He meant uh, when He said, This is my Son, hear ye Him. Everything else was blocked out by the cloud, but Jesus stood there radiated. And I tell you, that's the way it is this morning. He's all and in all. There besides Him, there is no other. I would like to address myself today to those that are without the ark of safety, to those that don't know God, to those that have never sought Him, to those that have never felt His love, to those that don't know what we're talking about. I tell you, this is the real thing. There's a soft drink manufacturer that uses that slogan in advertising their product, but they're not telling you the exact truth. We've been telling the world in this church for 80 years that sanctification is the real thing. Those that have been led away by Satan, we would like to address this to you, that God has taken and removed you from the walks of life that was so dear and precious and has led you astray. And We've seen Him come in our midst and take them away. We beg you, we plead with you this morning, reconsider your ways. And I tell you, the house of God is open. Come home if you will come home. To those of you who are discouraged this morning, uh, the enemy is working around you, uh, trying to drag you away, uh, we beg of you to resist him uh, and stay with the church, uh, because the only thing in life that's going to pay is love and serve God. If you don't believe me, uh, read the first two chapters of Ecclesiastes. Uh, There was a man uh, that God had given everything. God set him up, uh, made him a king when he wasn't supposed to be a king, uh, gave him riches beyond measure, and he turned his face toward the world. You want to know what happened to Solomon? It tells you in those two chapters what happened to him. He turned his face toward the world, began to desire the lust of the flesh, uh, and he said, I gave myself to wine. I began to seek all these things of the world. And he says, I'm here to tell you, it don't pay. That was the conclusion that he came to. After he had tried it all, he said, Everything my heart desired, everything my eyes sought after, I've denied myself nothing. We want to build again those lives that have been destroyed. We want to tell you how to do it. We want to tell you how to get back on the road that leads to life eternal. 
None of us, I mean not a one in this house has made it today. We need the encouragement. We need the strength. We need God instilled in our hearts and our lives to direct our paths. I thought uh, this morning uh, what to read. I didn't know anything about this job till the wee hours. And I mean the wee hours of the morning. But God's got a message for the people. You know, whenever people go against God, sanctified people take us as an individual. When we go against God and begin to do things that are contrary to God, God will destroy our spiritual house. It weakens our spiritual house. It weakens our structure. He'll let the enemy destroy it. And this is what happened, in the, and I'm going to use this, not as telling you to go back to the Old Testament and, and get your doctrine from there, but I'm telling you there's some good sound lessons to be learned because they've been on the way, they tried it all, they worked with God, and they know what God is. And I want to tell you what four or five of those old prophets had to say about serving God. The city of Jerusalem that God had allowed the people of Israel to build in the land of Canaan. And Solomon had built this great church and great temple over there. And they had built a walled city around it. And I never realized it until the past six months. I've been studying that thing. I didn't know how big that place was. I didn't know how many people occupied that city. But it was a tremendous city. A lot of strength, a lot of people, a lot of resources inside of that city. But they began to do wrong and became an abomination in the sight of God. And God allowed old King Nebuchadnezzar to go over there and literally destroy the city. He tore the temple down. He stole all of the vessels out of the temple. He destroyed the walls. He burnt the gates and the doors. And he left the city desolate. And before, there was hundreds of thousands of people living in that city and God allowed it to be destroyed. But I thank God one day He put it in the heart of the king of Persia to rebuild the city. And that's what we want to talk to you about this morning. Let's rebuild those lives that have been destroyed by Satan. Let's don't let him keep us out of the ark of safety, but let's build again the walls of Judah. God He prophesied, he went and told the old king, uh, put it in his heart. uh, The king wasn't a very righteous man, uh, but I tell you, God knows how to work, uh, and no man can hinder. You say, I don't know how to get back. uh, I don't know which way to go. Turn it over to God, he'll make a way. He began to talk to him, and the king began to solicit people, you know, that would go back over there, and it fell on Ezra. He said, Ezra began, you know what he began to do? He said he began to prepare his heart to serve the Lord. And I tell you, that's what we need to do today. Prepare our hearts to serve the Lord. And this is the way in which a man's going to get back in the status where he was. It began to prepare your hearts. And he put it on Ezra. And Ezra began to work. And the first thing he done, he began to pray. He said, Lord, teach me what to do. Teach me how to go about it. He said, I'd love to be instrumental in building again that temple in that city. And he began to gather recruits from those that had an understanding. And I tell you what, God's looking for people today that has an understanding. 
He gathered about 50,000, if you will, and they began to go back over to the old city of Jerusalem. And people had began to wander back. Those old refugees, those old people that had been taken under bondage by Nebuchadnezzar, and they began to live in that old filth and that old rubble. I tell you, we don't have to live that way, folks. We can live on the fat of the land. God's got it in store for us if we'll only seek Him serving. And uh, he began to build again, uh, you know, and the first thing he done, uh, I noticed that explicitly, uh, he said he began to clean away the building and build again the foundation. He wanted a good foundation for that temple. He began to get timbers, he said heavy timbers, he wanted a good foundation to build it on. But you know the enemy's always there, isn't he? He's always breathing around. He's always telling you it ain't no use. And so it was with his scribe. He began to say, Ezra, it ain't no use, son. And the enemy began to come over there. And old Sandbrot or whatever his name was, he began to tell him, he said, you can't do this. Who instructed you to build this back? And he said he got people from amongst them to discourage the people. And the enemy's got them going today trying to discourage those that want to seek and serve God. But I tell you, some people is willing to stand up and be counted, and they were there this day. They told that man, uh, Sam Blatt or whatever his name was, uh, go thy way, man, we got a job to do. We got work to do. We ain't got time to entertain the enemy. I tell you, the fountain in the house of God is open this morning. We ain't got time for nothing else. The time on this campground this week is precious moments. And we want to tell you that the way home is through the blood of Christ. And let's get on with the business of loving and serving God. Ezra got over there and got bogged down in trouble. You think the Lord left it that way? No, he'd meant to build that city back. And the Lord knows how to work. And just listen to how he went about doing his job. He said to prophets over there, if you will, some of them you don't hear a whole lot of. But I tell you, one of them was named Zechariah, and one of them was named Haggai, and they began, it says, to encourage the people. That's what we want today, is somebody that'll stand up and encourage the people to seek and serve God. How can we encourage them by the life that we live? Live it before them. You talk about uh, that uh, it don't make no difference how I live. Uh, We don't need instructors. Uh, We don't need leadership. Uh, I tell you, it makes all the difference in the world how you conduct yourself. Somebody is following in our footsteps. So these boys began to encourage them, and the work began to go up, and they began to build a temple. You think this is rejoicing around here? You think they're having a ball? It said when that temple was finished, oh man, they had a day that day. It said they began to sing and shout. They began to blow the trumpets. They began to praise God. They had camp meeting right there on the site. But the enemy began to trouble them again and began to perplex them. And I'm going to pick up over in the first chapter of Nehemiah and began to read you a little bit. God put it in another heart to want to do something about that place. We're going to build again the walls that the enemy destroyed. The words of Nehemiah, the sons of Hallelujah, 
And it came to pass in the month of Cheslu in the twentieth year, as I was in Shunem the palace, uh, that Hananiah, my brethren, he came, and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, uh, which were left of the captivity concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left in the captivity that are in the provinces are in great affliction and reproach. The walls of Jerusalem is broken down, and the gates thereof have been burned with fire. I tell you, when you look over it and you see the souls the enemies drug away, I want to do something about it. I want to shore up the walls. I want to build the breaches. I want to close the gap. I want to do something new and still in your heart. Turn around. Turn around. Let's go home. The walls are broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And I tell you, it touched the heart of this cupbearer. And it came to pass, uh, when I heard these words, uh, that I sat down and wept. Uh, I tell you, it troubled him no end. Uh, he was disturbed about the condition of the church. Are you today? Are you concerned? Do you really care what happens to those that the enemy drag off? I tell you, we ought to be much concerned. And it came to pass, when I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. And said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God, that keep it covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. Lend thou thy ear, be attentive, and thine eyes open, that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant, which I prayed before thee day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants. He was in earnest, was he not? He prayed, it said, day and night. He didn't eat. He fasted, uh, he, he coveted uh, what he had, uh, he wanted to help his people, uh, and he was this much concerned about it. Uh, he says, I know we have dealt corruptly against thee, and have not kept our commandments, nor the statutes, nor thy judgments, uh, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. But remember, I beseech thee, the word that thou commandest thy servant Moses, saying, If ye transgress, I will scatter you abroad among the nations. But if you turn unto me, listen what the word says, but if you turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though there were of you cast out into the uttermost part, yet will I gather them from thence, and will bring them unto thy place that I have chosen to set my name before thee. If we return to God, he'll hear our cry. The sister said, Ask and it shall be given. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto thee. God is standing, listening, waiting. Just like the father of the prodigal. When he went away, the father was watching it, said he saw him a long way off. So it is today. Now these are thy servants and thy people whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. Nothing that we've done, but it was through the mercy of God these people had been redeemed. There's not a man in this house can lay his hand on you and heal you. There's no man in this house that can forgive you of your sins. There's no man here who can sanctify you. But I know a man. I know a man that can do the job. And we recommend him to you this morning. 
Lord, I beseech thee, and let now thine eye here be attentive to the prayer of thy servant and to the prayers of thy servants who desire to fear thy name. And prosper, I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man. For I was the king's cupbearer, a man who had the attention of the king, if you will. He went in out amongst him. He had a pretty good position. You might say, I wouldn't want to give up that kind of job. Much less go over and help that bunch of riffraff over there. But I tell you, God had put it in his heart to help his people. Yeah, right. You know, the king's policy to do all things And it came to pass in the month of Nisan, the 20th year of Artaxus, the king that wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before time sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, there's a whole lot of reading here, but I'm trying to let you get the picture of the story that God's going to have a wall, God's going to have a people, God's going to have a kingdom, and I want to be a part of it. I took up the wine, I gave it to the king, but wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick, if nothing else but sorrow of heart? Then I was very sore afraid, and I said unto the king, Let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad? Why should I not be troubled? Why should I not be burdened when those I love is being taken away? When those I care for, the enemy is coming, God. Why should I not be troubled? Why should I not be troubled? When the, the city, the place of my father, the sepulchers lie waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire, then the king said unto me, What? For what dost thou make a request? What do you want? What do you desire this morning? God is asking you, what do you want? What do you want? You want to love and serve the Lord? You want to be instrumental in building His kingdom? What part do you want to play? Or do you want to sit down and say, I'm not able, I'm not capable, I don't have no talent, I can't do nothing. I tell you, God's looking for those that will prepare their hearts to serve Him. Then the king said unto him, What dost thou make his request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, you know God makes a way now, you see, a little cupbearer, a man without no money, no position, no nothing much, not have no capability, and God put it on his heart to build back the walls of Jerusalem. Wouldn't it been easy for him to say, I can't do nothing, I'm not capable, I don't have the capacity, I don't have the resources, but God made a way. God made a way. See, he began to pray and God began to open doors. God began to write checks. God began to make the material available. God began to do all the work. All he had to do was be obedient. That's right. That's right. Make known our request, and he began to pray to God. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, if thy servant has found favor in thy sight, thou wouldest send me to Judah and to the city of my fathers, that I might build it. How about that? Use me. Wouldn't that what the little boy Samuel went ever over there in that chapter? Hear my Lord. Send me. Right. 
Yes. I stutter. I can't talk. I can't do nothing. But Lord, use me. And the king said unto me, and the queen was sitting by him, For how long shall our journey be, and when will I return? Already the doors are beginning to open. So it pleased the king to send me, and I set a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come into Judah. Help me, Lord. Give me what I need. Make the way possible. It don't look like I can hardly make it, but if you'll make the way, I'll go. Is that the way you feel this morning? How many feel that way? If God will make a way, I'll go. How many want to go? I tell you, it's a worthwhile venture. Oh, I, I just can't hardly visualize one man taking on a task like this. When the enemy is so great out there, they had uh, all the, uh, them Sumerians and all of those uh, other people out there, about five different nationalities, waiting to set a trap for them, uh, waiting to hinder the work. Uh, and with all of the opposition, God let the work go on. Can we build it, folks? Uh, I tell you, we ain't going out of business. God ain't going out of business. This is not the last camp meeting. We're not preparing to put this thing to bed, but this is just the beginning. I had a young son born the first camp meeting. The Lord saw fit to take him. This week would have been his birthday. I've been here ever since, and I don't intend to go nowhere else. And a letter was sent unto the keeper of the forest that he may give me timber to make the beams for the gates of the palace which appertain to the house, for the walls of the city and for the house that I shall enter into. And the king granted me according to the good hand of my God. Do you think God will make a way? Do we have to depend on ourselves? Oh, if we did, we'd fall flat on our face. No man is capable, even the Scripture says, of directing his steps. Oh, and he began to thank God. God was making a way. God was beginning to open up these things. And I just thrilled. I've been reading this lesson for six months. I've been going back over it. And every time I read it, I get different thoughts, different thrills. I said, if God can do it for him, he can do it for me. Oh, then I came to the governors beyond the rivers and gave them the king's letter. And the king sent captains of the armies and horsemen with me. And when Sanballat the Horite and Tobite the servant of the Ammonite heard of it, they grieved them exceedingly that there was come a man to seek the welfare of the children of Israel. But we don't care what the devil don't like. We're going to praise God anyhow. We're not going to bow down to him. We're going on, and I tell you, the door is open. Come home this morning. Oh, when they heard of it, they were exceedingly uh, upset. Uh, So I came to Jerusalem and was there three days, and I rose in the night, and some few men with me, and... uh, Neither told I any man what God had put in my heart to do at Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me save the one I rode on. 
And I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon well, and the dung poured and dewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down, and the gates they were consumed with fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain and the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. Pretty rough place, wasn't it? I tell you, your life ain't much worse than that. You can't hardly get no worse off than that. Kind of desolate, kind of disturbing. But look what God can do. Then I went up in the night by the brook and viewed the walls and turned back and entered the valley and returned. And the rulers knew not whether I went or what I did, neither was I yet told it to anybody nor the priests, nor the nobles, nor the rulers, nor the rest that did the work. Uh, he kept it to himself. Uh, then I said unto them, Ye see the distress that we are in. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you don't think we got no problems. Maybe you think it's all right. But the man the devil's working with don't feel that way. He's got all kind of problems. Yeah. And he needs help. Yeah. He needs help. He needs somebody to open some doors for him. He needs somebody to extend him the hand of welcome. Do you think God done away with those people, those Israelites, because they were disobedient? Even when Aaron and them built that camp, God didn't destroy them all. He's a merciful God. He still give them another chance. I tell you, I love serving a God like this. I'm not paying any attention to the clock. I dare not look at it. I want to finish another few more verses. I want to entreat you to love and serve God. They said this is camp meeting, and so that's what we'll do. Then I said unto them, You see the distress we are in, how Jerusalem layeth waste, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. Come, and let us build up the walls of Jerusalem, that we be no more a reproach. I tell you, let's do it with your life. Let's build up it again. Let's build a new life. Let's lay a new foundation. Let's build some solid timbers on it. And let's tie the walls together, folks. Get on with the business of loving and serving God. Then I told them of the hand of my God, which was good unto me, as of the king's words that he spoke unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. What the people need, some encouragement. What the people need is some people who will stand up and be counted, say, This is the way. Walk ye in it. But when Sanballat the Heronite, the Tobite, the servant, and the Ammonite, and the Jeshim, the Arabians heard it. They laughed us to scorn and despised us and said, What is this thing that you do when you rebel against God or against the king? Then I answered them and said unto them, The God of heaven, he will prosper us. Therefore we his servants will rise and we will build. But ye have no portion, no right, no memorial in Jerusalem. Listen to what the Word says. He told them they would have no portion or no right. Those that are disobedient, those that don't love God, those that won't work to help build back the walls will have no part in the city. I'm not going to read that third chapter. Read a few more verses. But I'm not going to neglect it either. I want you to read it. It names and enumerates those people that took part in the job. And I tell you, God's keeping a record. He's keeping a record. And He's got the names that are those that are willing. Some of them may be laying out there, but God still knows who they are. 
Will you be one in the number? Do you want your names written? Isn't that what he told his disciples? Be rather have this than to have the power that we give you that your names be recorded in the Lamb's Book of Life. Rather hurriedly now, I've been trying to read this as fast as I can, but it takes a little time. But when it came to pass that when Sanballat heard that we builded the wall, he was wroth and took great indignation and mocked the Jews. And he spake before his brethren the army of Samaria and said, What do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of heaps of rubbish which have been burned? I tell you, God can give us new stones to work with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Will he make a way? Yes, Do you believe God can make a way? Yeah. Do you believe he can furnish the materials? Or have we got to create it? Man ain't never created nothing. We can do absolutely nothing without materials to work with. Got to give me some materials. I can't go on a job and produce a job without some material. And I got to have some labor because I ain't going to do much. I got to have the men. I got to have the material. But when you get everything you need, then you can do the job. And that's the way it is in our spiritual life. God will furnish the material. All we need is a desire. Now Tobiah the Ammonite was by him and he said, Even they which build... They mocked them and laughed them and made fun of them to scorn. There's those that will do that to us today. But look what he said. And uh, he said, even they which build, if a fox go up, he will even break down their wall. It looks like a shabby job. They, they, They ain't got nothing to work with. They'll never make it. Does the enemy tell you that? Then you sit up on your shoulder and say, you can't do it. Uh, there ain't no use to try. You're just a little old feeble man. There's too much opposition. Uh, Mama don't like it. Daddy don't like it. My wife don't like it. I can't go. I tell you, that's all a bunch of humbug. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Hear, O our God, for we are despised, and turn their reproach upon their head, and give them for prey in the land of captivity, and cover not their iniquity, and let not their sin be blotted out from before them, for they have provoked thee to anger before the builders. So we built we the wall, and all the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. How about it? Have we got a mind to work? Are we willing to build again? I tell you, if somebody didn't have a mind, these buildings around here would rot and fall down. I've seen some of them do just that. And I tell you, the only reason they're protected today, somebody got a mind to work. I appreciate those that want to work. Somebody got a mind to work, so we built the wall. And the wall was joined together unto the half thereof, for the people had a mind to work. But it came to pass. Now the enemy ain't through. He's still there. And all the way through this, Ezra, Nehemiah, all of those people you go through there, the enemy was all time after them. But they still done the job. All oh, the Sanblad and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdoites heard the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that their breaches began to be stopped and they was wroth and conspired against them to come together and to fight against Jerusalem to the hindrance. Yeah. 
always after them. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night. Have we got to watch out? Do we care about our spiritual house? I'm talking about you as an individual. The, teacher, the, the sister talking about the garage a while ago kind of reminded me of our system back in Virginia. We have inspection on our cars, you know, and I suppose you do down here. And you have to get it inspected every six months. Will it stand inspection? I thought of that while she was talking. Will my, will my spiritual life stand inspection whenever it comes up to time to get a new sticker? Will it stand inspection? That's right. Well, it will if we let God rule it for us. It'll stand inspection. All right, let's get on with this thing. We've got to finish this one. It came to pass that when they... Uh, and our adversaries... No, I done gone down too far. And conspired all of them to come together and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night. And Judas said, The strength of the bearers of burden is decayed and there's much rubbish. Is there rubbish in your spiritual life? Is that the reason you can't get a job done? I tell you, let's get a wheelbar and get the rubbish out of the way so we can get on with the walk. Talk like some time is accumulation. Things begin to get in the way. Johnny said, don't preach against things. Well, I'm going to try to adhere to that as much as I can, but I won't promise him too much. I think I could make a pretty good formable list if you want to listen to it, but I won't take the time this morning. But let's get rid of the rubbish so we can get on with the wall. I didn't put it there, honest. It's already there. There's much rubbish so that we might not be able to build a wall. We got to get it out of the way, folks. And our adversary said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. And that's the way the devil is. He ain't going to give up on you till he got you. He's going to make sure. He, gonna, he said he'd deceive the very elect. You don't think he'll work on you? I believe he will. I thought of many a battle with that guy. I know what his principles are, and he ain't much to tangle with, and I ain't no match for him. So I go to God when he gets on me. And I've been able to be victorious every time. Through the help and through the Spirit of God, and you can make it too. Come on, home folks, let's go together. I tell you, you talk like everything around here. Maybe you don't like the way everything is. I don't either. But I tell you what, there's some things I do like. I like this way of going to heaven. I like the Spirit I feel. I tell you, it's all right. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt there came, for they said unto us ten times from all the places which ye shall return, they will be upon you. Therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall, and on the higher places I even set the people after their families with their swords and their spears and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and the rulers and the rest of them, he's going to put them all to work. He's going to put them all to work. 
He's going to make them pull off the tires and coats. He's going to have the rulers coming down. He's going to have the leaders going to work. I imagine they would have had wheelbars rolling away to rubbish. Go work them all. You say there ain't nothing to do. Yeah, there's something to do. We're going to work them all. And the nobles and the rest of the people, be not afraid of them. Remember the Lord, which is great and terrible, and fight for your brethren, your sons and your daughters, and your wives and your houses. You can depend on God. And it came to pass when our enemies heard that it was known unto us, and God had brought their counsel to naught, that we returned all of us to the wall, everyone unto his work. And it came to pass from the time forth that half of the servants wrought into work, the other half of them held the spears. The shields and the bows and the hebergoins and the rulers were behind all the house of Judah. They which built it on the walls and they that bear burdens with those that laid it. You know, the masons, uh, they used a uh, trial, uh, but they got to have labor, ain't they? They got to have a helper. We can be something in the house of the Lord. And uh, every one with, it, one with his hands wrought in the work, uh, and the other hand held a weapon for the builders. Every one had his sword girded by his side. I tell you, if you got your sword this morning, uh, and you're working it, uh, do you use it? I tell you, it's a dependable instrument. All the Word of God is sharp, and it's powerful, and it's quicker than any two-edged sword. It's a great thing to work with. Oh, and the work is great and large, and we are separated upon the wall one from another. But listen, in what place thereof ye hear the sound of the trumpet, resort ye thither unto us, for God will fight for us. Whenever you hear the sound of the trumpet, whenever you hear the plea, whenever you hear the cry, go to his rescue. The enemy is troubling the soul. Help to build back that wall. Yes, right, right. He needs a little help with the rubbish. Let's give him a help with that. In what place I of light, God will fight. So we labored in the night. Half of them held the spears from the rising of the morning until the stars appeared. I sound like they're working pretty regular, folks. Putting in a little overtime. Are you that interested in false souls? Are you that interested in the church? Are you interested in people that you put that kind of time in it? We labored in the work from the rising in the morning till the stars appeared. And likewise, at the same time, said I unto the people, Let every one with his servant lodge within Jerusalem, that in the night they may be a guard to us and labor on the day. So neither I, nor my brethren, nor my servants, nor the men of the guard which followed me, none of us put off our clothes, saving that everyone put them off for washing. I tell you, they were pretty uh, instrumental. These people were conscientious. These people were desirous to work for the Lord. That's the way I'd like to see our folks uh, with those that are lost. When you come home this morning, when you make a decision in your life, that I know what I'll do, I'll arise and go to my father's house because there's plenty there in despair. And even my father's servants live better than I'm living. I want to go home. I say, the house is open. Come home. Can 
we see any hands out there this morning of those that want to go home, will you just raise your hand? I know it's difficult to stand up and testify in such a great audience as this. Nobody would hear you but those around you. But will you raise your hand? Lord, help is this something in the congregation. Anybody, God bless you, brother. Anybody else over here? Anybody at all that wants to be under the influence of this prayer, we're going to prayer. God bless you, Raymond. Anybody else in there? Come home, our folks, come home. Those that have wandered away for reasons better known to yourself, come home this morning. While the congregation stand, we sing a song of invitation. Come home, my friend, come home.